This is Kirk Witt from Four Stroke Baron, and you are listening to the epitome of stupidity. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Epitome of Stupidity, episode number 28. 28. I changed it in the bold, but I didn't change it you, in the... You always do. Where I copy and paste, but I like it. It keeps me on my toes, my tippy toes. And that is Four Stroke Baron. There's four only four Baron. of those strokes. For only four. That, the song is Planet Silver Screen. We, uh, we're going to have a conversation with those guys here. Well, with Kirk. Kirk yeah. Here shortly. Uh, part of that conversation will detail the video for this specific song. We're going to... I, I'm going to... If you're listening to this, pause this, go watch the video and come back. Right. So then you can Because the link is it. there in the, the, the show thing. It is? It, well, it should be. <laughs> it will be. Will I'll be. put a link to that. Okay. Let's get, let's get going. Let's get going. What are you going to do? What are you listening to? I'm listening to some clutch, some typo. It's getting toward the end of typo season. Um, I did a ton of four-stroke bearing this week, obviously. Well, the past couple weeks. Um... Still working through that new Soulfly and Domcraft. That's fun stuff. Soulfly, so many times. I, you know, I, I'm digging my heels in about something now that we're bringing that up. I'm not doing the reviews without having time to digest an album because I underdid both those fucking albums. Both those should have been more than three. You don't get to make those decisions. You I don't just get fifty percent decision. You only get fifty percent. We got to keep up with the times, man. <laughs> uh, and then mix in some uh, Year of the Cobra and some Ruby the Hatchet through the week. They're, they're uh, both those are female vocals, and they're they're really nice change of paces for just about any fucking thing. Um, I did a funny thing. I went and I started listening to um. Well, I started listening to the new Nom Point in the gym this week. Still breaks my heart, and I stopped it <laughs> like three or four songs in. So, I was, so I was like, well, let's keep the theme rolling. I went and tried to listen to the new Seven Dust, and I just said, you know what, life's too short. I'm stopping this, and I'm going to listen to home. <laughs> it's like, you know, why suffer through this? Because I, I still want to try and like it and get into it, and it's still possible, maybe. I'll still defend parts of it. But I just like, you know what? I'm working out. I need something that I'm I'm feeling. I made you that damn playlist. It's like half the, you know, it's all the good stuff from that one and all the good stuff from Kill the Flaw. You never yeah. listen to it, though. I know. You I never listen to it. And then some typo, and, of course, Soulfly four or five times and four stroke a couple times. I actually got some music. I'm starting to. I'm hitting the gym in the morning now, so my it'll expand. There we go. Fun stuff. That'll make this section a little bit funner. Yep. Because I won't be the only one. Named. That means I can pare my list down. I don't have to put 75 bands on here anymore. You will though. I, I, you're probably right. So let's give Kirk a call. Got some random doing. numbers. See what happens. Yeah. Beep boop. Beep boop. Ring. All right. We got Kirk on We've the line. We got Kirk on the phone from Four Stroke. Baron, oh, motherfuckers. You sure it's not 40? <laughs> Damn it. We hey, how's it going? That didn't exist. How you doing, Kirk? I'm doing well. So I'm going to put it out there because it may already come off. So we had to have a conversation. I forgot to hit the fucking record button. So we're going to do this <laughs> shit over again. Thanks to Kirk being a good sport. Set the board yep. back to zero, Brian. Yes, okay. these, these ones will be uh, rehearsed. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start it back at the beginning when we started talking about your name. Yes. So, Tell us that interesting story once again. again. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the story with the band name. Uh, so anyone listening, this is Kirk Witt. I'm in Four Stroke Baron. Our band name came from a... So I was, I'd been jamming with Matt, the drummer, for a few years at this point. We didn't have a band name or anything. We'd kind of improvise at uh, his friend's house. Mostly just played around, jammed for fun. After a few years of just kind of spinning our wheels, not doing anything... Uh, I told Matt, I was like, hey, we should actually sit down and try and record something and actually release a full-on album that we can show people and record and uh, something that sounds cool. So when he was down with it, we recorded it before we ever had a band name. It was the EP that we have out in 2014. We recorded the EP, and then when it came time to put it out for release, uh, we had to name the band. I had some ideas already from a conversation I would had with another college friend. 
a couple years before in this college buddy and I, we were talking and we were trying to make up fake Judas Priest song titles. I can't remember. I wish I could remember some of the other ones because a lot of them were hilarious. Yeah, but we I came up with the, examples the perfect formula for a Judas Priest song title is it has to have a car or an engine reference. That's where four stroke comes from. Right. It has to have some kind of medieval or historical reference. So that's where Baron comes from. And then it has to sound vaguely sexual. <laughs> so I guess the best thing it came up with was a four stroke Baron. And I actually thought it sounded kind of cool. It sounded yeah. pretty heavy. It sounded like a, at first, cause we wanted kind of a heavier sludge band and we've kind of changed uh, a little bit from that. When Matt and I decided to release it and name the band, I was like, Hey, this came up with this title once. Maybe that sounds cool for a band. <laughs> and that, that, so that's, a, just, that's a great story, dude. I love that you guys were just kind of sitting around and you said that that wasn't even, that conversation happened with somebody that wasn't and isn't hasn't ever been in the band, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't even live in Reno. He's in Connecticut, so <laughs> Charles. Um, so shout out to Charles. <laughs> what up, but, Charles? Uh, Good job, Charles. Yeah, <laughs> way to go, Chuck. The best thing is it it takes all the pressure off of coming up, sitting down, coming up with a band name, yeah. right? All those tedious conversations. Yeah. So you recorded it yourself, like in in your house. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. we recorded uh, just everything ourselves because I had recorded my own solo stuff before. Well, drums and, are a whole other beast, right? Recording and mixing drums—that's yeah. And so with that, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do with replacing samples and everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I won't bore anyone with technology, but uh, <laughs> you can. There's programs to basically, when you hit a snare, it triggers a MIDI note, right? Which that you put into a drum program, and then. So when he plays the drums... So that's how you did it. Okay, you didn't really... All those samples are replaced. Okay. But it's still the playing right. and everything. Still kind of kind of off, you know, it's humanized naturally, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's pretty so, cool. How long did you say you've known Matt? Oh, I've known Matt for... met him in 2010. I think it was late 2010, like December in 2010. So about eight years. Nice. Yeah. Um, How'd you come about? I was on. I met him on Craigslist, <laughs> yeah. and, which is uh, <laughs> which is this great. Was the first time, the funny thing when I met him was a, uh, I had just gotten out of this hip hop band. The hip hop band it was fun. It was like fun music to play out, and people would dance to it, but it wasn't particularly good. When that fizzled out, I got kind of bored and just wanted to jam with somebody. I saw his ad on Craigslist, and at the time, like his ad, he was into a lot of the same bands I was. His picture, he had this huge drum set. <laughs> I was like, oh, this guy must know what he's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> All those drums, yeah. Yeah. So I invited him over to jam. He he kinda he kinda fudged and he was like, uh when he came up, he's like, Hey, so I might be a little rusty because I haven't played in a few months. Uh, because my drums were in storage. Our very first jam session, he was just super rusty. He was just kinda all over the place. It it took him a few weeks and he finally like he got his I guess he got his groove back. <laughs> he later admitted he hadn't played his drums. I think it was over a year. That's crazy. <laughs> where he just never, he didn't even touch them once. <laughs> in we, a, we have a similar s- scenario story, but go ahead. I won't tell mine, but yeah, we've, we've ran through this before. Yeah. Ours didn't work out as quite as you, good as yours. You've had better luck with Craigslist than we have. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I've, I've had the worst. Matt is the one gem out of my entire 29 years of being alive. <laughs> I think Matt is the only successful Craigslist person I've ever met. <laughs> We, we, oh God, I could be on the phone for hours with people him and I have met from Craigslist. Yes. How'd you end up meeting the bass player? Oh, uh, the bass player I knew from high school. He, uh, he was Everyone knows a, a bass player. And, uh, he's a year younger than me. I'd hung out with him a little bit and jammed with him a little bit. He was, he's predominantly a guitar player, but, uh, he dabbled in bass. I was always kind of interested. I had heard some things he had written. He always, he has like a really good ear. And just interesting melodic ideas. So, and I had hung out with him. And by the time we used to have a different bass player, Dan, and we lost him, I just, the first person I thought of was Keegan. Nice. Jordan, Sounds like so, that's yeah. working out. Yeah, so actually it formed pretty easily. We I've known each each of them for a while. We all get along super well. So I couldn't ask for a better group of dudes to do it with. Yeah, it seems like you guys have got a pretty good groove on this new album. Yeah, so well, yeah. let's take it back to that. So you got you have an EP and one full length album, but you're getting ready to release another one on prosthetic. 
And yes. uh, as as when I noticed that we weren't recording, you were telling us the fun story about how you got hooked up with prosthetic. Oh yeah, okay. That's uh, yeah, that's what we were talking about. So this, and like I was saying, this uh, I don't think it happens like this for anybody. We uh, Matt and I had had specific conversations when we started the band. We were like, hey, let's let's just put this stuff up for free, and then just do it all on our own terms. Just give it out to people. It's like take all the pressure off of ourselves of trying to like whore ourselves out on Facebook and everything. So we had no social media, nothing like that. It was literally, we'd record the tunes, we'd throw them up online for free and then just see what happened. One thing I would do is in my spare time, I'd email it to different artists that I like. One of the people I shared it to was cloud kicker. Cloud kicker ended up sharing it on his blog, which that's what got us some traction initially. And uh, that was for the EP. And then when we recorded King radio, I shared that, or Cloudkicker shared that, and that got even more traction. And it was a year after its release. I was just sitting up on the couch at my brother-in-law's house. Matt and Keegan were actually at a Dream Theater concert. And uh, <laughs> I was just sitting there, and I opened my phone and my emails, and there was a an email from this guy, Steve Joe, with Prosthetic. <laughs> in a, yeah. We love it just Steve. said, hey, I downloaded King Radio, and I've been listening to it nonstop for the last two weeks. And I just uh, was curious if you guys would be interested in working with us. <laughs> At first, I thought it was just, I didn't believe it. I was like, assumed it was some bullshit email. I had no idea. Somebody trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I kind of ignored it. But then I uh, Googled Steve Joe. And it turns out he's actually the man. a pretty well-respected guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We love that guy, man. He's awesome. Yeah. And he uh, he had worked with bunch of my favorite artists so when i googled him i was like damn i think this guy is actually the real deal so i emailed him back we just kind of had a little back and forth and the more i talked to him the more i realized it's not just someone fucking with me right <laughs> in a, thank god yeah the the entire time i wasn't i was kind of in disbelief the good the good thing is since we weren't kind of pursuing that we were able to approach it from the pers- the standpoint of doing it on our own terms yeah so we kind of told him like, hey, if we do it, we'll do it this way and this way. But if not, we're not terribly interested because, I mean, we're not looking for anything in specific. We just our biggest goal is just to let people hear this stuff. So uh, it actually worked out really well with uh, signing a record deal with them. That's awesome, dude. Oh, I mean, yeah. with the rest of their lineup, were you kind of surprised that they were interested? A little bit. I mean, <laughs> uh, like I, I understood. I'm trying to think like. Because the the one thing with the rest of Prosthetics lineup is it's mostly like it's mostly kind of sludgy bands, uh, a little heavier. I mean, we can get pretty heavy, but there's no screaming in our music or anything. Right. So I kind of got the impression it was more of a like, hey, we'll experiment with uh, throwing you guys on, just because. And they they would tell us like pretty much the whole reason is just uh, the quality of the music rather than because we fit on their label or anything like right. that. That's it was a uh, it was literally just the standpoint of you guys have potential, so uh we'd like to give you a shot and we were able to structure it so kind of benefits everybody. That's got to be a big feather in your cap, right? Yeah, no, it's awesome. I couldn't have asked for a better turnout with it. Um speaking of your music, there's there's obviously a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. I going through your album, I have fun figuring out the the permutations and where you guys are going with stuff. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of, I mean, there are some songs with kind of typical song structures, but there's, there's also not a lot of songs with just typical song structures. Where, where are you coming from with all that? What, how do you guys put together a song? Uh, I mean, the short answer is really just, we're just trying to have fun with it. Uh, We just, the very, surface level answer is we kind of when we start recording or writing a song we just want to make it sound good and just have fun doing it and kind of take listeners by surprise a lot of it too where i think it actually comes from is a uh, matt the drummer he he has a lot of hand in the songwriting with me but he doesn't have any background with a melodic instrument like he doesn't write melodies or he's purely just drums he's and really just banging on shit <laughs> yeah and then but he gives a lot of feedback with a uh, like song structure it's kind of a battle with him and i he's always pushing to make things a little more uh 
experimental with structure. And I tend to like a lot of pop music, just really good, simple, structured songwriting kind of things. So with him and I, it kind of fuses to where you can hear where the structure comes, where it's really uh, easy to digest. A lot of that stuff kind of comes from me. And then with Matt, where things get a little more experimental, like we'll be recording something and he'll just be like, dude, how about we just repeat that measure one more time only at this part of the song for no reason? <laughs> and then him and I just say, OK, fuck it, let's do it. All right. <laughs> and we uh, for, I like that for no him reason. And I are both really how do you explain it? We're like really impulsive and just we do things really fast. <laughs> so when him and I are together, we're just constantly throwing things at the wall. And it's pretty much just when we're writing, it's a mix of, hey, I have this badass riff and let's just throw a bunch of weird stuff at it and then see what happens. <laughs> there are a lot of badass riffs in there, too. Yeah. What yep, you said, I, I was planning to ask you if you preferred singing over playing, but being that you mentioned, I can't remember if this was before recording or not. He didn't plan to sing? Yeah, you didn't plan to sing. So I, I assume you prefer playing over singing? No, yeah, I definitely wasn't planning on being the singer. Like, I've always loved guitar playing. I love riffs, whatever, the usual. We we auditioned singers for maybe a year. Just everyone we tried. I mean, that's like when you're writing music, the singer is one of the things that can totally make or break it. And when you have a song, like you write a riff, you have drums to it, and you have an instrumental, you kind of have in your head an idea of what it'll sound like or what it should sound like. Yeah. And then when you audition some guy who, even if he's okay, if he just sounds like Scott Stapp and he's just (laughs) wailing on some corny lyric about following your dreams, it can totally (laughs) just murder the idea you had for the song. So one day we just kind of, we're sitting there and we're like, dude, let's, let's just try doing the vocals ourselves. I think each of us tried a hand at doing the vocals. Like for a while, and I had never been a singer before. I'd never sang. I mean, other than singing in the shower, that kind of thing. But uh, we just kind of, with trial and error, I kind of found my range. So this, that's why that's kind of why the singing is so simple. It's just really broad melodies that kind of always fit this certain tone. It's because I just found what works for my voice, and it turned out that way. And uh, I think it was kind of a happy surprise that it turned out so well. Right. Yeah, your voice definitely stands out there. It's uh, It's certainly unique. Um, it doesn't sound yeah. like you didn't expect to sing, that's for sure. It does not. <laughs> Regular old Dave Mustaine over here just picking, yeah, up the, yeah. picking up the mic and doing it. Oh, God. That, yeah, that's that's an example of, I think, the worst way it can go. Try to sing yourself. <laughs> yeah. Sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the... Uh, I don't know. Because, like I said, your your voice comes off real unique. What um, What kind of comparisons do you get when people come up to you about it? A lot of comparisons we get is... I hear a lot of typo negative. Like you sound like Peter Steele from Typo Negative. Called it. Which I never, uh, I never had even listened to them until I heard that. So I never listened to Typo Negative until maybe a year ago. Whoa. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I knew about them vaguely, but I'd never listened to their music. And then, of course, we get Tears for Fears a lot, which that was one that I've always been a huge fan of them. When I was actually trying to figure out kind of my range for singing. What I started doing, I would sing along to albums in the car, trying to figure out which which singers uh, fit my vocal range. And one of them I discovered was Tears for Fears. Did you ever get somebody pull up next to you while you're just singing your ass off and give you that weird look? <laughs> I try to keep the windows up. While doing that, <laughs> so. But it's, it's probably happened at least once. I well, I called I called the Peter Steele thing, but I also you said, said yeah, you I also right. said uh, Benjamin Burnley as well, I heard in there. Did you ever get that one? Uh-huh. The dude from Breaking Benjamin? Oh, yeah. No, I have gotten that a couple times. Okay. Which, that... uh, oddly enough, Matt, he's not a huge fan as far as radio rock goes. He likes Breaking Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, they have a couple songs I think are okay, but that's normally not something I listen to. Right. Yeah. Is that Are those clean vocals? Do you have any effects on there? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of effects. They're totally <laughs> clean. I mean, there's no like grit in my voice. I can't. I've tried. Uh <laughs> to do some screams like there's a couple little screams on the album but a lot of those are more they're really quiet and we kind of soak them and delay and layer them right you can actually hear if you listen to the ep up to planet silver screen you can hear me getting more confidence in my voice with the recordings because the ep uh one of the reasons we don't do a couple of those songs live 
is because like the second track is literally, I think it's 20 vocal layers. Wow. <laughs> and it's just me. It's basically a choir of me trying to sing on pitch. I was kind of, it's like listening to yourself talk in a recording. It's kind of embarrassing the first time you hear it. So while I'd mix it, I'd be like, oh man, I sound like such an idiot. And I would just cover it in delay and reverb to kind of make it sound cool to me yeah. uh, until it didn't sound like me anymore. <laughs> okay. With King Radio, I got a little more confidence and like everything on King Radio. I think those, I think all those tracks are uh, double tracked. And there's obviously a ton of delay and reverb, but that's more for just effect. Like we like the way it sounds to kind of make it full. The idea is to have just something huge and really expansive, but also not ambient, like a pop song, but that's really concise, but also kind of uh, atmospheric. And uh, and mm-hmm. then with Planet Silver Screen, you can hear that there's just enough delay and reverb to kind of give it that soaring quality. Some of the things on Planet Silver Screen. A few of them are single-tracked. It's just one vocal take. But then uh, just for the kind of effect to make it sound a little bigger, a lot of those are double-tracked. But uh, Planet Silver Screen, that's the one that's a little more clear with fewer effects. Nice. So definitely getting your confidence up with it. And I mean, you, and it shows. I've listened to some of the older stuff. I've listened to the newer album a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the growth is definitely there. And your voice is going to... It's going to attract some people, and it's going to be something that other people are going to take a second to grow to. But with those yeah, sure. with those gnarly ass riffs you got going on, it's there's something there to for people to grab onto. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I hope so. <laughs> Let, so since we're already talking about Planet Silver Screen, there's a music video for that, right? And that's a lot of fun. And yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yes. that video is fucking stellar. Yeah, um, awesome. I'm I'm glad you dig it. The the fact that the the stop animation thingies are actually playing the actual uh-huh. instruments you know what i mean their hands are where they should be they're hitting the oh, right yeah. drums they're strumming it like that is fucking amazing and all those little creatures and all that stuff can you talk to us about that a little bit so the guy who made it thomas yagodinsky i found out about him from a mastodon video he did it was just a fan-made one it wasn't uh, official he did that in I want to say 2014 or something. I had seen it posted. I used to always post on guitar forums. I had seen it just kind of virally at some point. When we signed with Prosthetic, they told us, like, hey, you guys are going to have to make a music video for the single. And our first reaction was just like, oh, fuck. (laughs) That's going to be so cringy. Because just the whole whole concept of a music video, I mean, the whole idea... It, it, I feel like it kind of works with MTV, but now it's 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 way harder to make something that actually gets people's attention and something that represents the music well. And so at first we were wondering what we were going to do because we didn't want to do what every other band does, where it's just they get in a warehouse with a fog machine <laughs> and they just have some high def camera filming them filming them jamming because there's no everyone has done that to death. Right. We had what, a. What is, yeah, like, what does that contribute to anything? Nothing. We had a kind of similar conversation last week. It's kind of funny that you yeah. went directly to it's Warehouse. Just, <laughs> yeah. God, it's fucking, it's boring. And it, it makes me, I don't want to rip on too many bands that do it because, I mean, <laughs> one's on our label, bands that I like still do it. But I just personally, I just hate it. It's, it's, at that point, I don't even see the point in releasing a music video. So we were wondering what we were going to do. I remembered that Mastodon video I saw. I, th- I, th- I thought there was no way he was going to answer our email or anything i was like dude this guy does all the stop motion i'm sure he's busy and too cool for us whatever but i just sent him an email through his youtube channel and uh he responded in just a couple days he said hey yeah i love your guys's music i'm totally down to do it and it turns out i'm super glad we met him because we talked to him a couple times a week and he's like just amazing he gets he gets along with us super well He's hilarious. He's super <laughs> responsive. <laughs> yep. And uh, he's just insanely creative. Like when he was, we were doing the video, we started with a bass idea. He would just, he immediately came back with this whole story and narrative for it. And we would just constantly be throwing ideas back and forth. He was super stoked on it. It just, I, it worked out really well. He had to make all those little figures and everything like from scratch, huh? Yeah, he made every single figure from scratch. How long did it take him? uh, The whole video took him, 
I think by the time we emailed him and it was done, it was about five months, like four or five months. Oh, my <laughs> God. I don't want to see the bill on that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I want him to make a music video of a video of anything. I yeah, just want to keep I, watching I, shit. I want to keep watching videos. <laughs> that stuff's fun. Um, yeah. Who's, whose Very idea tooly. was the, uh, the like, lounge version of the song there when the credits are rolling? <laughs> so the, specifically the lounge song, that was my idea. Nice. Uh, uh-huh. But it was it was his idea to do the after credit scene. Yeah. And then he was talking about doing credits, and he mentioned something about making it kind of like a, an old sitcom or something. Yeah. I told him, I was like, hey, you know what would be funny is if uh, I just made a lounge version of the song for the credits. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really easy for me. I just kind of found a, a samba drum loop <laughs> and then just did a little keyboard thing and yeah. some, uh, some chords. On the guitar, yeah, it just turned out it turned out hilarious. Yeah, it, I actually like hollered out when I, I was watching the video at work earlier today, and when I figured out what the lounge thing, you know, that that was actually the song. <laughs> it was, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going the it's the little details going the extra mile, right? Um, no, and that, yeah, that's what it is. It's. I think you guys have got another video coming out too, don't you? Or is it just another song premiere? Uh, so we have another single coming out next week, but uh. That we have another music video planned with Thomas uh, next year, and it's going to be, we don't know when exactly it'll be done. It could be next spring or maybe early next summer. I guess we'll kind of figure out as we approach the end of it, but he's already started on the next video. Nice. Uh, what song would that be for? It's going to be for a matter of seconds. Any particular, uh, it, you know, we've we've kind of been around how you guys put a song together and all that fun stuff. What uh, what are the actual musical influences? You've kind of you've said that Matt is more into the heavier stuff, and you kind of bounce around the pop and all these other things. What you know, Tears for Fears, and what what are some other influences there? Uh, yeah. So I think that's actually that's probably where a lot of our stuff comes from. Is a uh... Because Matt, he was in a death metal band in high school. It was called Legacy of War. It was like when he was 17, and it was just the typical just shred, like crazy kind of music. He's a huge Dream Theater fan. Like actually, all most of his tattoos are actually, he has Dream Theater tattoos. He has like a King Diamond tattoo on his thigh. <laughs> so he's a huge fan of a lot of, a lot of the prog he likes is really uh, kind of like chops focused. Like it's a lot of uh, really good players. like. Uh, high level drumming and yeah. a lot of like jam like jam band kind of stuff and then i used to i mean i grew up in the 90s when i was little it was the typical stuff like metallica pantera and then i started getting into the really the 90s stuff like marilyn manson slipknot mudvayne all that kind of new metal stuff and then as i matured i kind of got and i started playing guitar in high school I got into a lot of the thrash. And then I think the big thing for me was, uh, like, in 2005, I discovered Devin Townsend. That's kind of what got me into Prague. So my introduction into Prague was a lot of, was Devin Townsend, who a lot of his stuff is that more simple song songwriting kind of thing. Right. With the simple structures, it's not really based in, like, crazy solos or anything like that. So that was kind of, my introduction into Prague was... I like the clean vocals and the just the tones of it and everything. And then that kind of expanded as I got older and I just consumed more music. It's, I mean, it's a generic answer, but a little bit of everything. My guitar teacher, he was a jazz player. The way he introduced me into guitar is through a lot of modes in a like samba kind of stuff. I feel like I was kind of the way I was taught on guitar was kind of jazz influenced. And then the music I listened to was a lot of dorky metal. <laughs> yeah. So com- combine those two, I guess that's kind of where we come from. Combine those two and you get four stroke Baron. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Um, uh, well, since we're talking about artists, um, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, wrap this up and ask our, uh, our exit question here. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically shipped off to an Island. You can only take one album. It's all you get for the rest of your life. What is yes. that going to be? Uh, for me, it would be Strapping Young Lads Alien. Wow, that Devin Townsend really did hit you, didn't it? <laughs> no, yeah, that's and that's the first that was my introduction to Devin Townsend was a Strapping Young Lad. And that's the one album. Like I'm I'm really weird with albums. Like I honestly don't listen to a lot of music. 
like, I'll sample a lot of music and I like a lot of it. There's the music I will listen to, but then there's the music that I actually actively listen to in my car. And that is honestly maybe 20 albums at this point. Kind of like me. I kind of obsessively cycle over the same 20 albums. Yeah. The one I can just always go back to is just Alien. Like, I've never heard an album that's so, uh, it's like really cathartic. And just insane. It's insanely heavy. Has that that visceral thing with metal where it's really immediate and just kind of aggressive. But at the same time, you can like it's melodic enough where you can kind of absorb it and ponder it, for lack of a better better word. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah kind of it's uh, kind of thoughtful. I think Devin Townsend's more than twice got the 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 generic uh, thinking man's metal. Um, yeah, no, label exactly. moniker whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it sounds super pretentious, but uh. There's no other way. I mean, it's what it is. <laughs> well, Kirk, we really appreciate you taking some time with us on a random evening here. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're stoked for the album to finally come out. Uh, what the ninth? Uh, yeah, November ninth. And we're pretty fucking stoked for people to hear it too. I know I enjoy it. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure that there's going to be plenty of other people that enjoy it too. Yeah, I guess we'll, is the shortest way to we'll say. We'll be it. sharing it and uh, you know, doing that that whoring out on the social medias and stuff. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. So Fuck yeah, I appreciate it. No, I'm I'm insanely excited for it. Uh I think I think a lot of people are gonna like it. I mean, I honestly can say I don't think most people have heard anything like it, so uh, I wouldn't argue that. that. That's hard to do these days, yeah. man. That's hard to do. Yeah. Well, again, so I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear the response. Thanks for your time. Um I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk. Um real quick, any uh tour plans? Are those gonna be made after the album comes up or anything like that in the works? Yeah, so the tour plans right now, we have a few things planned, but not nothing final enough to actually announce. Okay. Because we have a couple things in the pipeline, but next year we're definitely going to be touring. So okay. uh, if anyone just keeps up on our social media, eventually see the tour dates planned, and uh, we're hoping to do something where we can kind of cross the United States. Cool. We are looking forward to it, man. All right. Well, you, awesome. en- you enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and uh, we'll talk to you again, man. Have a good one. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. All right, and we're back. Thanks, Good stuff. Thanks for him being Thanks, patient Kurt. with our with my Stupidity. idiot. Yeah, I could, I knew it was bound to happen at some point in time. We probably recorded ten minutes or so of audio before I realized we didn't hit record and had to go back over some stuff. So I apologize to him and uh, to anyone else who can tell that he had to regurgitate some stuff. Right. But it's bound to happen. We were having some audio issues at the beginning, so completely threw my train of thought off but anyways thanks to him new album coming out next week november 9th november 9th so is that two weeks yes okay two weeks check that out of course in the beginning and at the end of this episode a little snippy snips for you of planet silver screen planet silver screen which is also the video so and the news in the news i don't know why i always do the like half-assed italian thing there i gotta stop doing in the news i gotta stop doing it Oh, that's Clint texting me. That is. He's right across from me. Okay. Um, Static X. Never saw this coming. Right, they're back together. Yeah. <laughs> and they found a bunch of uh, um, editing floor snippets of him singing, so they're putting in an album out. Wayne Static is still dead. He is. Uh, he is deceased. He's and, deceased. But they are. They've done this before. Static X has. No, no. The industry. Where they where they've kind of, where there's they've taken unreleased stuff and after someone's yeah passed. didn't Tupac put out an album like two years ago <laughs> I mean in the metal or the rock or whatever you know sure you don't know I thought you would have more no I got know. nothing okay. there I thought that I for some reason thought they did that with Nirvana but I don't know uh, there's that there was that one song that came out uh, uh, a song yeah okay. uh, you know you're right I think it is but anyways you know Clint and I he there's doesn't like Static X I liked them back in the day that. It, Again, that's two different meanings for him and I. Um, but that's cool. I mean, those guys, you know, imagine, you know, for I guess for us, it'd be like an Alice in Chains or a Typo where they found a bunch of Typo songs and they're right. going to, you know, that kind of thing. That's pretty exciting. Pete's vocals laying yeah. around. And then they're going to do a tour, apparently, where they have some some big people in the in the mainstream. Uh, I don't know if well, they'd I guess, be able to put together a tour, but. Yeah, well, well, they got the the David from Disturbed. They got the Five Fingered Who Cares guy. They got dude from Ministry. They got Dez. 
The dude from Dope, which no one cares about that. Yeah, but yeah. Burton C. Bell from Fear Factory. That'd be, you know, that might actually be pretty cool. Des doing a Static X song or Burton C. Bell doing a Static X song. Yeah. That that might actually be pretty cool. I think uh, I'm pretty sure that the guitar player played bass for Fear Factory for a while recently. Um, Campos, I think his name is. Guitar I, player for who? For Static X. Oh. Played okay. bass for Fear Factory recently. I could be way off on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. But yeah, if you're into them, you've got something to look forward to. There's uh Tony Campos, I think. Was, yeah, yeah, that's his name. Look look forward to that. Sure. And then uh looking speaking of looking forward to things, I don't know. There's there's well, at least the nothing sword. to look forward to with the sword. And he said he says in so basically the sword is, is talking about their hiatus and he specifically says that he's not gonna say they're done. Right, but he also says that he's not sure that the rest of the band feels the same. Well, but he's the front man, so whatever. You know, he, what he says goes like like you, right? He <laughs> <laughs> laughed and burped at the same time. It was good. It was like an evil laugh. Uh, yeah, he he came out and said that he was really bummed because you know he's been in the band for his whole damn adult life. He it's it wasn't one hundred percent his choice, but it seemed like the best option, so that they might be able to continue in the future. He he goes on to get pissed about people only wanting to hear shit from the first three albums, which on one hand I get because they're pretty awesome, but on the other hand, so is everything after. So shame on you if you're one of those people and you're hearing this. And uh, well, I, I mean, I'm gonna take the other side. Shame on him for caring what the fuck people say. Well, it, that leads to people not. He also says something about not as many people being in the clubs coming to the shows anymore, and he thinks that that's part of it. Where you know they. They've kept yeah, it, putting out albums, their sounds evolved, because yeah. he doesn't want to sound like every other half-assed band that he thinks has come out after them and sounds like them. Uh, we got to read that quote. Go for it. He said they, they started branching out from the original Doom sound because, and this is where the quote starts, all these Johnny-come-lately motherfuckers started doing half-assed versions of what we were doing 12 years ago, and it became so watered down that we wanted to grow out of that and push the genre into different directions. He, he adds that the smaller crowds and bad music injury bad music industry also has something to do with a hiatus. This isn't the front man talking. This is Kyle Shutt. The oh, I thought he was a lead guitar man. player. Oh. It is another fuck up. That's not a fuck up. That's uh, I only know what I know. That is it, well, I mean, him and the actual singer are are the front of the fucking band. It, it's I love that he comes right out and calls that out though, especially since originally they were kind of like a Johnny Come Lately Black Sabbath, <laughs> but we'll leave that be. I at the, well, let's, let's, There's no let's, secret. I love me some sword. I want them to come back. At the very end of the article, it says, uh, with the music industry being even further down shit creek than, than when they started, it's a perfect time for them to say, and I quote, fuck this shit. Let's just put it away for a while and come back come back to it when people wake the fuck up. Go get them, Kyle. <laughs> I've, this is the first I've seen someone so pissed at the music climate that I, they just quit know. their bands. You know, like, let's just quit for a while. Let all this fucking trash roll through, and we'll come on. on Other bands have done it; they just haven't been so direct about it. Oh, yeah, that's what. Yeah, he hasn't. He's here's a middle finger. I'll see you when you give a shit. Yeah, cool. Talk to you in a couple years, buddy. (laughs) I got to see him on this tour by yourself. Didn't you have a ticket? (laughs) I helped them. I I gave them my money on this tour. I didn't get to take in the sights. So on to everybody's favorite Talica person. (laughs) (laughs) On to everyone's favorite. Adler, well, if you're asking Clint. So, apparently when um, Chris Adler was offered or was going to an audition or whatever for the Megadeth gig, he he called Mustaine's friend, Lars, (laughs) (laughs) on how the fuck do you work with this motherfucker? And, of course, Lars being the patronizing fucking... Ass hat that he is. He calls him a pussy cat. Yeah, he has. He just says the most generic, vanilla, fucking dumb shit you, anyone could ever fucking say. And all the videos I watch, or interviews of them, as soon as he starts talking, I'm like, this dude never says anything. Never, never, ever, ever. James talks, and fuck that conversation beelines right to where it's fucking going. Lars starts talking. All of a sudden, he's describing the color of his fucking. <laughs> Like I don't, it's just so out there, man. Yeah, he's a he's a random dude. Unless you get him talking about Dave Mustaine. He, yeah, he says nothing but good things about him and how, and he compares them to each other. How they're so such perfectionists and they have a certain way they do Adler, things. And Adler and Mustaine are comparing themselves. 
Adler's comparing himself to Mustaine as to, you know, they're both perfectionists. Oh, the I thought Lars was no, saying no, that. No, 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 no. No. Uh, uh, he had his conversation with Lars about Mustaine, and then Adler went into the recording studio with him, found out that they're kind of similar in there. You know, both laid back but very driven about and, you know, wanting to be perfectionists about their music and shit, which you can certainly hear in all of Adler's playing, and you can hear in most of Dave's albums. I got to go back to that album because when I was initially listening, even though I liked it, I I didn't realize it was him on there. Oh, my God. I got to go back and just listen to the drums on the entire album. Oh, dude. He's fucking surprised. He kills it. And, you know, at some point, I mean... You you are Chris either, but do you get off the phone and think, I just had a conversation with Lars about going to work for Dave Mustaine. Right. Or at that point, are you since you're Chris Adler, you know you don't have that aha moment kind of thing or I don't know. Let's call him and find out. Ring. Just fucking kidding. <laughs> Where to next, Brian? All right. So this is this is upcoming tours and albums. Uncle Acid and Graveyard, take it away. I, that, well, I everybody's <laughs> making a big deal about that Uncle Acid album. I I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot at work, and everybody's heard me complain about that. So I will give it another shot outside of work when I can actually listen to it. The Uncle Acid. Uncle part. Acid, yes. Everyone, <clears throat> everyone's heard of Graveyard. If you're listening and to this. yeah, I I couldn't get into the. Why are they first? Is Uncle Acid headlining? I think so. And then they're touring with Graveyard. So I got all excited, checked the tour dates, and even though this isn't technically a local show, we're going to skew local every time we're talking about tour dates because there's no Columbus show. Yeah. Um, close. Illinois, New York. Yep. So if you're interested, check your... Uh, Pennsylvania, Washington. They even, get, they even get out to... Uh, they get in Canada. Check your local listings. They may be coming near you. I'm Washington. sure Graveyard would be... All, I've actually seen Graveyard. I just didn't give a shit at the time I saw him. And uh, one bad MF. Marty Freeman. <laughs> Speaking of Megadeth. Speaking of Megadeth. Marty Freeman's out touring. His backing band is supposed to be, like, stealing the show good. By the way, a prosthetic artist. By the way, that. a prosthetic artist. That, <laughs> the album title, though. That's, it's, it's, it's good and cheesy it's, at the same time. It's, like. <laughs> It, it actually co- took me a second to catch on that he wouldn't call himself a badass right. motherfucker. That was obviously his initials. So, but anyways, I, I'm going to listen. Oh to Oh my that. god, gonna, I just realized that you're full of shit. I swear to God, <laughs> you didn't. Okay. I swear to God, I just realized that. Okay, well that's good. So yeah, Marty and his awesome backing band are touring. If interested, check your. Have you listened to it yet? I uh, I did the work thing. Is I had it, it on in the background. Is it one big long guitar solo? It's it's more you know me I love the instrumental stuff, and he's obviously a fantastic guitar player. But it's more solos than I'm. Who's singing? This, Nobody. No, it is all instrumental. Yeah. Oh, I, then I probably at least sing. what I heard was all instrumental. Man, instrumental guitar music, and being a guitarist, I still like. He it. is a How bad. Do you remember that fucking shit. He I, is a bad mf'er though. <laughs> bad mf. I one hundred percent just got that. Wow. <laughs> So, no review this week. Because Clint hasn't had two weeks to digest anything. (laughs) He needs lots of time. So, we're going to do a quick top three segment. Yeah, I haven't done this in a while. Uh, Give me a second while I brush the dust off this. (laughs) Wait, there's still some right there. On her milk white neck. Oh, taking a big swing. The devil's mock. Almost. (laughs) That's better than I thought it'd be. We're going to do top three typo. Song. Everybody is going to be tired of typo negative by the time October. And 31st if they are tired of typo negative, kiss my typo positive ass. <laughs> so Clint's going to go first. This is going to turn into an argument. Clint set it up to turn into an argument. I didn't. I didn't. So uh, I promise you, what I told you was was the truth. As I was laying down, some I think it was Monday night. I either thought about this as I was laying there and hashed out my songs, or I woke up in the middle of the night and. Couldn't get, you know, woke up because I'm old enough to have to pee at two in the morning and laid there trying to get back to sleep and thought about it. My top three would be Wolf Moon in no particular order. No, yeah, of course you could not no, ask that yeah. of us. <laughs> Wolf Moon, Anastasia, and I know you're fucking someone else. Specifically, I know you're fucking someone else because that's the like one the on the fake live version. The one on Slow, Deep, and Hard is called Unsuccessfully Coping with the Natural Beauty of Infidelity. 
first try. Yeah. What about naming the the gravity constant? <laughs> the yeah, no, I'm not doing all that. <laughs> yeah, it, I almost put that on here just just so I could say it. No, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't knew you were fucking around. <laughs> I I seeing uh my first show at the local club type thing here, the bigger one, mid sized one, I guess. Uh, the Newport was Cold Chamber and Typo Negative. And it's which we'd kill for that today. So, oh my god, dude! <laughs> it's still one of my all-time favorite shows. It was typo, just typo. dominated. <laughs> oh my god, so great! And toward the end of the set, they actually played Wolf Moon, and I lost my shit. That's one of those songs that's on the back of the album that is just excellente, and you don't think they're ever actually going to do it, and then they did it. And then you fast forward like ten years, and I'm seeing them at the Newport. And they're touring for Life is Killing Me, and they break out fucking anesthesia, and I lost my shit again. <laughs> and interspersed in between there, like, I remember one specific show at a club way smaller than that, at the Al Rosa. They played just a ton of slow, deep, and hard shit. And, you know, I've seen, I'm getting around to saying, I've seen I Know You're Fucking Someone Else more than twice. That song, specifically the fake live version, is so much fun because I think the song itself so is awesome. Funny. And just all of the stupid shit that is fakely going on as a live show where he's telling this. Oh, man, it's it's so good. It's so good. And it's just Fake some man. of the stupid oh, the lyrics. <laughs> it's, I love it. I love it. I think that that song he did. He did a I think that song pretty well sums up typo. He did the best love songs, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Including that one. <laughs> like, I mean, it's got it's not in my top three, of course, but. To just September. I want to ask Kenny, how did he? Were like, was all of his songs a joke? And some of them turned out to be like really deep and meaningful, and some are like are like that one. Where it's just fucking, just beat you in the face, fucking like. I mean, I don't even know how to how to describe it. <laughs> who writes a song called that? First I don't one? know, dude. I don't know. It, I'll tell you who. The lyrics. Oh, uh, oh my god, they're just so perfect. It, I'm not even. Uh, I'm not even gonna mess with it. I don't want to fuck it up. Here's mine. Go for it. I gotta wait. Uh, I want to guess. Yeah, it's Christian Woman in Black number one. They're on there, and then the third one is the third one. You're you're purposely going something on a different album. I'm gonna go love you to death. No shit. Well, Christian Woman's on there, and the the reason for that is because it's basically four songs in one. Yes. <laughs> so so is Black number one. I don't really think, but that's not on my list. Black number one is not on my list. No shit. No. Um, my girlfriend's girlfriend is oh, on my list. Oh damn it! I love that song. That's a good one. And I kind of since it's a top three, and I don't, not a lot of bands I could I could do this with. I could I could easily do a top ten. I kind of went through and wanted to pick one at three different kind of feels for typo because they have the beat you in the face. They have the kind of tame, and they have like the slow, deep and hard. I guess kind right. of songs. So the last one I had was Pain, which is very upbeat. And I was going to pick the, like, I love, I don't know the name of the song, Kill All You White People. That might be the name of the that song. That is. Like, yeah, like Kill that all heavy, up, yeah, that heavy upbeat thing. So I wanted to find something that represented that. And that, and the Pain, that song Pain, which is off the origin of the feces, is, is a lot more the raw. The fake live album. It's a lot more raw sounding than, you know, like Kill All You White People, which sure. sounds more studio. So that's where I got mine from. I love it. I'm so happy that you... <laughs> I, I'm just glad to know that you listened to it. Yeah, and like, and uh, we got to talk about this. So, in doing this, I was doing some research because obviously I'll for, I forget, you know, a lot of the stuff that we obviously argue about. Me listening to Bloody Kisses all the time. I've listened to all this stuff extensively, but that is just my go-to. So I text Clint. I said, I forgot about this song, Anesthesia. He's like, I fucking hate you. You're the worst. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you don't like this song? He's like, without any spaces. That was just, yeah. I couldn't type. It was it like fast a hashtag. Enough. It was like a hashtag without the hash. And then he's like, "No, I adore that song." I'm like, "Well, why didn't you? Why do you fucking hate me for re remembering that it's an awesome song when I heard it?" Because you like, shouldn't have to remember that. That should be there. It is there. It's Anastasia. It's awesome. I could have done a top three that's just that freaking album. Yeah, yeah. You could do that with any of the any of the albums. So yeah, that's that. Ah, oh, it's good. I thought you wouldn't. No, we uh, bonus best cover. Oh, but it's gonna be. Summer breeze all day. Oh, I figured. Yeah. I figured that's uh, the, you could guess that. I think. I think that, an angry inch with if I had to do an honorable mention because that song is fucking punching awesome. the, <laughs> the whole subject matter. 
And you, when I first heard, I had no idea it was a cover. It could easily not be a cover right. by them. Right. Have you? I'm sure we've had this conversation. You've never seen the movie? No. Hedwig and the Angry Ants. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. It is. There's a there's a reason. It's weird, man. Um, Sex change gone wrong. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead. Or don't. <laughs> uh, I I I think. <laughs> What six steps? What is it? Six six steps. inches forward, five, five inches steps. back. I got an angry inch. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like so matter, like kind of jazzy. Like, <laughs> it's uh, it, it might be worth hitting the YouTube to see the original. You know, from the movie. Don't watch the movie. Maybe just watch that. <laughs> Don't watch the movie. Um, I I went back and forth between their original version of the song Black Sabbath. Because they do the the version with the original lyrics, and then they do another version that's from the satanic perspective. And Hey Pete, and man, and even Hey Pete isn't is is a cover, but sure, it's 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 actually it's Hey Joe, (laughs) right? Instead of Hey Joe, where you going with that gun in your hand? And it's it's completely beat down, like the song structure and everything. Oh yeah, no, it's typoed out. That's that's what's so great about all their covers. All their covers are typo songs. So is the original Angry Inch like really slow and they just like upbeat it like or is it already up up? What Hey Joe? No, Angry Inch. Oh no, no, that's probably actually pretty close tempo wise, a little bit slower. But I mean, they took Paranoid, a two and a half minute song, and drug it out to eight freaking minutes. (laughs) It's it's crazy. Um, this all being the long way of saying, as much as I want to say their original version of Black Sabbath. I think I'm going to go with Hey Pete because my probably my favorite thing about them is the fun that they have in some of their songs where instead of Hey Joe, where are you going with that gun in your hand? It's Hey Pete, where are you going with that axe in your hand? Mm. It's just, it's fun. With a, with a, a change of the note every 15 seconds. <laughs> it's, it's, oh man. I love it. I love it. But, uh, and we love you. Not you. Oh. The people listening. Okay. Yes, that is true. Wait. No gear geeking? Pedal update? Guitar? I don't have anything. Pedal? Pedal update. Um, I put it in another box. That is, that's like the third box. Well, I put it out of the box and then into its original box and now in another box. So I feel complete now. I touched it. <laughs> I touched it. I touched my pedal. Touched We're my pedal, on all Steve. the social channels. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook Uh, You can find us in all the podcast places. Please subscribe and rate us. And um, we have an email. We've got one. Oh, we just got one. It's brand new. Yep. Help us break the seal on it. It is eostupidity at gmail.com. Other than that, you got anything else there, Brian? Four-stroke Baron. Four-stroke Baron taking us out. Bye-bye.